Five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic well, you know, Marketing. Some of my shows have been a little low energy. Oh. I've LinkedIn decides to turn on the sound. I like this commercial, so we're going to go see the commercial. It's a drag race, for those of you not watching on video. There's a guy and a girl, and they're looking at each other, and the lights are going, and off they go. And the girl takes off at a million miles an hour, and the guy's leisurely driving down the drag strip, and everybody wonders what's wrong with him. When you save money with Allstate, you feel like you're winning. Safe drivers save 40%. <laughs> and then Allstate says, safe drivers win. <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was going to be, you know, I was a little worried with the, with the title, you know, the drag race. Anyway... <laughs> But it turned out to be just good fun, and I like it when it get a little humor in there. And, uh, you know, I think it's intriguing that they can put an accelerometer in your car and, and measure how, how hard you hit the gas and the brakes and whether you're stomping on stuff and, and going around corners too fast. On my motorcycle, I like doing it. it I like the tippiness of it. But um, that's how they figure it out. So, uh you know, how do you raise awareness? That was a good commercial. It was a lot of fun. So let's get to the serious stuff. I need to get the images in the beginning of these shows. That's why I like to run commercials. That's part of why I like to run commercials anyway. Okay, now let's get over to the serious stuff. Okay, LinkedIn did a study, and they said in the pandemic, which cities are gaining the most residents? And by residents, they don't mean residents. They mean people on LinkedIn are changing the, who change their job and change their city but anyway so linkedin just compared what 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 cities are going up in numbers and what cities aren't well in this case we're just looking at the ones that are going up we're not looking at the down ones and i liked it because uh cleveland i thought that was interesting cleveland was number five but the reason i brought this up was milwaukee was number seven i think milwaukee was high on the list because there weren't that many riots and they were fairly local Anyway, okay, now let's get over to some other really powerful news. Okay, at Toronto, this is good for you uh, salespeople who want to get a, a quick burger, but don't really, and you want to put it on your expense account, but it's really not, you know, a business meeting. And so Good Fortune Burger in Toronto gave you a uh, gave you a way to do this. They decided to name their popular burgers and fries things like basic steel stapler or wired earphones with mic or dry mini erase whiteboard. Now, there's a downside to this. It might be tax fraud and it would be a shame to go to prison just for fooling around with your expense account. Uh, Don't misconstrue this as tax advice. Five tips for foolproof direct mail, direct from the USPS. You can, but you can see that this article is is written from the perspective of the postal service. Okay, because the first thing it says is choose your format first. Now, I'm involved with two projects right now. One project just came out of the sky or my own mind or something. And um, what was the first thing I thought about? Well, I did think about format. I was thinking about putting together a multi-card deck. The, 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 the puzzle is I have multiple vendors, multiple manufacturers of, of, of outdoor equipment, 
and things, and outdoor products. And I know that if you if you wanted to ask them to contribute and put together a book, I found out, you know, we were talking about Uline, but Keith down in Phoenix told me, I don't see Keith on this morning. Well, I'm not sure. No, that was yesterday. Keith told me about Uline. This is Uline, the Uline catalog, okay? And I rem- and it's 800 pages, you know, 800 pages. It's, it's really big. And Keith said, oh, yeah, they charge the merchants for this. Okay, so that was something. So I thought, oh, well, um, that could be a format. We could get these manufacturers of outdoor products into a little book or but the the problem and I worked with musicians friend when we did this and they raised five or ten million dollars uh, of vendor contributions uh, for you know putting out a half a million circulation um, you know uh, for a, a series of, of drum catalogs a series of guitar catalogs uh, they they asked their vendors to chip in but the problem was that vendors wanted to put all their products in one place and musicians friend might have wanted to put the guitar picks with the guitar picks and the guitars with the guitars and stuff like that and it gets to be a kind of a, a tug of war with the vendors on how it should be done an alternative that i've done with another another catalog that i ran um was norscott group which was um where we we in addition to putting them in the catalog if they bought a little card we would or we would charge them for the card and then put them in the catalog. And uh, but we controlled the catalog, and then the card, you know, was flexible. If they wanted more variety of products, they could buy more than one card, and it, it gave us a lot more ability to uh, work with a number of different people calling their own shots. Uh, but anyway, so I did think about the format. It is true you can think about the format, but that's not what I thought about first. The first was I wonder how many lists, good lists, there are of this particular outdoor specialty. And you see, this article is written from the perspective of the postal service. How do I know? Consider using larger formats such as flats. Flats. What's a flat? Anybody ever heard of a flat? What a flat is, like here's the Amazon catalog. A flat is a pile of paper that sits flat and doesn't go through the regular machines. It's something that no one on earth would call this. Would you call this a flat? No, you'd call it a catalog, right? But the Postal Service has their own language, and that's how you can tell that this is not from the perspective of the mailer, marketer, or anybody like that. Here's another one, faux stamps. And I know what that means. It means... It, it means that you, you pay bulk rate, but it, you, you fix what looks like a, a real stamp. And, but again, is that the first thing you test or try? No, not even close. The first thing is how many lists can you get? What, what's the quality of the list? What's the quality of, the, of who we're sending it to? That's what matters most. What's the next thing? What are we going to offer? How can we make this enticing? How can we make people want to open it, right? Like win a free tree stand or win a free fly rod or something you know op- uh, you may have won i always like that one you may have won a million dollars you may have won a free tree stand oh that would be a great headline for our little co-op deal in fact that's probably what we'll use because i think i get i'm probably going to have some control of it but anyway it's w- pick the right class of mail 
you know, this is advertising mail. Nobody wants to send it first class unless it's something really, really, really special. You know, like you're going to the CEO. But not to be dismayed on this article. Here's the part why this is the best article I've seen in months. Right? Where's? Give me some thumbs up. I finally found an article with something really key. Direct mail package can boost your ROI. Everybody mentions this. No, this guy doesn't mention it. But here it is. Peter DeLegge, or DeLeg, Peter DeLeg, a marketing consultant that gives him credibility, has recounted a story of a company that tested. Okay, so here's where we're going with the tested. I was on a one hour and 15 minute video yesterday with the PCC, that's the Postal Council of Southern California or something, and watched a long presentation on direct mail, like this one. And a lot of things about how you should think about mail and what size type you should use, and it did start with the audience, although it was just in a generic sense that baby boomers have the money and the millennials don't, which is true probably. Um but nothing about how to how to actually target the baby boomers, you know, um, not what kind of lists are available and or what kind of offers to make. And then um, and it went on and on and on and on about what kind of creative makes sense. There wasn't there was one word missing. I asked my wife, who is not a marketing person per se, but she lives with one. So she kind of picks up on it. What word was missing? She said, testing absolutely testing was missing there wasn't one in other words when you say faux stamps or you say uh, first class or you say format format tests are expensive I mean I, I acknowledge that okay it's tough once you pick a format format is kind of and it doesn't matter too much but you know stick with something tried and true I would say uh, get a consultant, get somebody who's done it before. Depends a lot on how much content you have, like this article says. But here it is. Okay, the company wanted to test a, a sales letter in a in an envelope versus a postcard. And interestingly, because I did the same test with a B2B that was mailing internationally. And, it, and I said, what are you mailing to this company? And they said, we're mailing a postcard because, you know, it's inexpensive. And, you know, we're reminding people of the conference that we're having in Lima and uh, South America. So um, I said, have you ever tested in an envelope? Because it has much more, you know, seriousness. It could be a bill. It could be a check. It could be a, uh, an important letter or a government letter. Make it look important. And she said, "We no, we haven't. As far as I know, we've never tried that. And she'd been there about four or five years. And I said, you ought to try it. Just send out some of each. And they didn't have a big list. I don't know. It was only like four or 5,000. But I can tell you that like this test, the letter package, in, this, in my case, pulled four times the postcard in registration and selling, you know, tickets to the event. And in this case, it outpulled by three to one. And that's the difference between selling mail and selling direct marketing. 
The Postal Service wants to talk about mail, but you need to be thinking about direct marketing. Direct marketing is a is a learning system, a way to evaluate your marketing, and it gives you certain knowledge because you know they looked at it, 100% engagement with a decision maker, and you can match back test. So don't tell me about attribution algorithms that give all of the results to cookies because they bought through your website. That is not a thing. That's not real. We're not looking for how the order was placed. You know, it's like in the old days when we started using 800 numbers, which were called Watts numbers, wide area telecommunications, Watts system. It, you know, yeah, you could test it for a while, put it on or not put it on, but put it on, especially in B2B. And although like Quill Corporation for years didn't put it on, they made you pay the nickel to call them in, to call it in. There are differences. You can test it a little bit, but that's not what you're wor- that's not the issue that you're worried about. How do we get them to place an order is the is the key issue, not how did they place the order. And so the attribution, the web-based software as a service has a skew toward web because they're web companies. And so it will kill your marketing. Anyway, great article, one of the best articles I've found in a long time. Because they do point out, not with a lot of enthusiasm, but they do point out that testing is what matters. So well done, Aradius Group. Thumbs up. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.